Blessings to you, my friend. This is Pastor McGee with Empowerment Ministries Christian Center, and you're listening to Empower the City Podcast. I pray today that your hearts are blessed, minds renewed, and you are infused with the passion to serve God like never before. Blessings to you, and enjoy the message. 1 Kings chapter number 19, verses 15. Bible declares, Then the Lord told him, Go back the same way you came. And travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Hazel to be king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshah, to be king over Israel. Anoint Elijah, son of Shaphat, from the town of Abel, Meholah, to replace you as my prophet. Anyone who escapes from Hazel will be killed by Jehu, and those who escape Jehu will be killed by Elijah. Yet, God says, I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. Father, now in Jesus' name, I want to thank you so much for an opportunity to minister the word of God to the people of God, asking you now, God, to hide me behind the cross that men may not see, give honor, glory to Greg, but this hour all honor, glory goes to you, Father. I need your chiefest of anointings to rest upon me now to declare your truths that the people's lives will never be the same again. And it is in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. real quickly, in the book of First uh, Kings, chapter number 19, verses uh, 4b, the man of God, Elijah, is in a very desperate situation. Um, he is on the run. Jezebel and Ahab um, have issued some death threats concerning his life. Um, how many of you guys know what it's like to, I mean, just really be out there real, real kind of wow? And then you give your life to Jesus Christ. And then after giving your life to Jesus Christ, you think that everything would be great after committing your life to Jesus. But it seems as though sometimes things have gotten a little worse. Yeah, yeah. I remember years ago, this preacher, he was preaching and he said, you need to give your life to Jesus. And if you give your life to Jesus, all of your problems will be over. I didn't know Rev lied, y'all. <laughs> because the reality is when I really committed myself to God, it seems as though things got just a little bit worse. And we have a man of God in this particular text who have committed his life to Jesus, man, to serving God. And after committing his life to God, it seems as though that all hell breaks loose and he finds himself in a bad place in verses number four. The Bible declares he sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might what, y'all? The man of God is suicidal. He says, I have done, watch this, I have had enough, Lord. He said, take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. The man of God right now is entertaining suicidal thoughts. And, and these are the things, this is the thing about suicidal thoughts, because the devil will whisper to you. And some of you guys know what that whisper is like for the devil to tell you to kill yourself. One thing that I learned about the devil early, that he really doesn't have power, he just has permission because he's whispered those same things to me before, that, Greg, you ought to kill yourself. And I found out if the devil was so powerful, he would have did it himself. But because he don't quite have the power that you think that he does, y'all ain't saying nothing in this place. Since he can't do it, he'll just whisper that stuff in your ear that you ought to kill yourself. So the man of God is in a place, now a prophet, now a prophet of God is in a place where he wants to take his own life. And, and this is what I see about suicide Suicide is both selfish and it is, and it is blinding. It's selfish in the fact because, look at your neighbor, say, neighbor, God ain't done with you. 
Uh, yeah, I want to talk to somebody in this place. God is not done with you. God speaks to this young prophet by the name of Jeremiah, and he said, before you were formed in your mother's belly, before you came out of her womb, I had already ordained you to be a prophet unto the nation. And I believe that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And if he said that concerning Jeremiah's life, my friend, whatever your name is, Shaquika, y'all ain't saying that, Tatana, come on somebody. Fred, y'all ain't saying nothing. Whatever your name is, God is saying before you were formed in your mother's belly, before you came out of her womb, I had already ordained you to do something special. And look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God has not done with you yet. The man of God has work to do, but he's depressed. He's in a, he's in a bad place, and, and he feels as though that his life is about him. But in all actuality, man, your life ain't about you. Your life is about giving God glory. I want to bust somebody's bubble up in this place. Your life ain't even about you being happy. Come on, somebody. Your life is about God being happy with your life. So there will be times when you won't feel your best, but God will be pleased with the affliction that you're going through. Can somebody say amen? So suicidal thoughts, they are selfish, and not only are they selfish, but oftentimes they are blinding. And the reason they're blinding is because when you're going through a, a, a desperate situation, you can only see yourself sometimes. You can only see what you're going through. And you have this complaining spirit about what God hasn't done yet, and you seem to forget what he has already done in your life. You're looking at now, but if you would just, if you would just press rewind to see the miracles that God has already done in your life, the man of God wants to kill himself. He's asking God to die. But prophet Elijah, don't you remember just in chapter number 17 and chapter number 18, man, when there was a drought and God sent a raven to sustain you? Don't you remember when the widow woman was getting ready to die? Her son was getting ready to die, already dead, and God used you to raise him up from the dead? Don't you remember, man of God, when the woman of God just had a little meal and she said, I'm getting ready to feed this to my boy and I'm going to die, and God used you to, to stretch that meal until the drought was done. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, but you need to remember. You need to remember. The man of God is getting ready to give up his life because he's forgotten some things that God has done on the inside of, on the inside of him. So this is what God says. God says, Elijah, man, what you doing here? Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, what, what you doing? What you doing here? What, what, what's up with you? Why are you in this place? Why, why are you here? Why are you here? What's up? What's up with you? Now, 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 he was in a place of isolation in the cave, but God wasn't talking about the place of isolation. He was talking about the place of depression. Why are you here? And Elijah's response was my response years ago, and it's many of you all's response today. God says, what are you doing here in this place of isolation, depressed, suicidal? Why are you here? And he says, it's because of these people. Now, how many of you guys can testify your life would be just a little bit better had it not been for some folk in your life? If it, if, I believe I got a witness right here. If it was just a few people that just had never been born, my, come on. Oh, my God. Come on, son. If I would, oh, Jesus. Some of y'all got some exes. Had y'all never said yes, your life would be a little bit better off right now. We got a runner! God says, what are you doing in this place? He said, eat people. That's why I'm in this place. Because of my daddy, what he did. Because of my mama, what she didn't know. 
because of my best friend that betrayed me, because of my coach, because of my wife, because of my husband. It's because of these people. That's why I am here. Verse number 14, God asked the same question again. Elijah, I'm going to ask you again, why are you here? Because you're really not here because of people, but you need to see why you are. He responds again. These people, Israel, have broken their covenant with you, torn down our, your altars and killed every, every one of your prophets. I am o- I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. I have been driven to this place of isolation and depression because of folk. Now, he's actually in a better place than he actually realized because let me tell you something. As long as you can still hear God, still hear God. Thank you, Jesus. I can still feel him. I can still hear him. Not in a place where I want to be, not having achieved everything that I desire to achieve, but Pop, I can still feel his presence in this place on today. He's in a down place. He's in a, he's in a depressed place, but God is still talking to him. And I'm telling you today that God is still talking to you. Can somebody say amen to that? Because he's in a good place and he doesn't even realize that God is getting ready to give him an answer. And this is the answer that God gives him in verses number 15. The Bible declares, then the Lord told him, go back the same way you came and traveled to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint, watch this. He says, partner with Haziel to be king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi. And then he says, anoint Elijah. Somebody shout, that's strange. Now, now, now watch this, watch this. Because, because, um... If folk was my problem, (laughs) y'all know where I'm going. God, I just told you folk was my problem. Why you going to connect me with more folk? (laughs) Anybody know what it's like? I just want to be by myself. (laughs) I just want to be by myself. Girl, you want to go out? Not tonight. (laughs) I just want to be by myself. People, I told you God was my problem. But you mean to tell me you connected me to more people? I, I don't understand. Now, now watch this, watch this. We, we started a series of thought uh, just a couple of weeks, the beginning of the year. God gave this to me months ago. He says, new year, new you. And he says, lasting change, change happens within context of relationship. And I come to encourage you guys, some of you guys' heart, heart tonight, that, that there are some of you guys that want change on the inside, and you're trying to do change by yourself. It don't work. Change doesn't happen in isolation. True and lasting change always happens within context of relationships. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. Now watch this. Years ago, somebody show years ago. So um, B-Lab, how old are you, my son? B-Lab is 29, so this was about eight years ago. Eight years ago. And um, I love my son. He's calmed down a whole lot. <laughs> he really, he really has. <laughs> he really has. <laughs> Some of y'all think li- a laugh li- uh, uh, loud now. They don't know. I know, though. <laughs> so watch this. This was about eight years ago, man. And um, we was, I, we, I don't even know where we was. We was in church down at, you know, south location. And, um, you know, I don't know who, who was all in the building or whatever. But laugh, laugh. He ain't even come up to me. He was just like, like you know, Chad, if that's me, he would just came up. And he was like, hey, Pastor, man. <laughs> I already knew it was going to go left somewhere, when, the way he said that. He said, hey, Pastor, man. You ever cheated on Lady McGee? <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, if I have, I had in a day. <laughs> I 
I mean, just out there, man. Y'all cheating on Lady McGee. And, and so um, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I said, well, son, no. I've been, I've been faithful. I've been faithful to my wife. He said, how you do that, man? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, and so, and so, and so, and so. So, so this is what I did. I, I was like, well, man, you, um, I guess you pray. I mean, you read your Bible. I mean, you fast. I, I guess you go to church. I don't know, man. I just, and so he just shook his head. I, I. Then he got quiet. I, I. So what I did, I, I went home and I went home. And I actually thought about that thing. No. Because watch this. I'm a man just like anybody else a man. No, no, no. I'm a human just like anybody else is a human. I have desires just like anybody else have desires. Watch this. Opportunities just like anybody else had opportunities. What's been the difference between myself and other brothers that have stepped out on them? So I had to really think about that thing, and, and this is what came to mind. It, it brought me to a story. Lav, I actually never shared it with you, uh, the, the whole story. I told you bits and pieces of the story later, but I never actually shared the whole story. Th there, was a, there was a place in my life when I went through a very, very dark, low, low phase. My, my, my mom is here, and my mom, she, she'll, she'll tell you that as a, as a young child, most of my life, I, I dealt with uh, depression. I was a real, real depressed guy, uh, bullied, um, and I was sharing this with just somebody just a couple of days ago. Uh, from third to seventh grade, literally, literally bullied, um, elementary, low self-esteem. And, and early, early, later on, when I became a teenager, I, I entertained these suicidal thoughts. And, and the thoughts that I would entertain, and it wasn't the first time that I had entertained something like that, but at this particular point, I dropped so low that it was more than just entertaining it. Um, I was making plans to carry it out. Because I was really done. I was, I, my little problems, I thought, were just really, really huge, and there was absolutely no way that I could escape out of the problems. I thought nobody loved me. I thought nobody cared. Now, I knew that. I know that's a lie now. Come on, come on. Look, looking back, can somebody, can somebody say amen to that? I know that's a lie now, but it, it seems your perception can be your reality. And I'll never forget on my way visiting this brother. And by the way, I, I don't recommend this. To, I don't recommend this because, because I actually had what many of you guys have. You have places where you can go. I thought I couldn't go there because, watch this, I, I was saved at the age of eight. I was called to preach at the age of 13. And, and because I had this calling on my life, I was struggling with some things that I felt that I couldn't tell my father, my parents, my elders, because they'd be ashamed of me because who I had professed to be. So I want to tell you, let me just take a little sidebar just for a moment. Put your title to the side and put your pride to the side. If you're struggling with something, you need to talk to somebody. So I didn't think, man, that I could talk to anybody. So on my way to carry this out, I said, I'm going to make this last stop. And I, I, I ran into this, this one brother, and I told God, I said, God, if you don't show it to him again, I don't recommend this. It was foolish, and it was only God's grace that I'm here today. I told God, I said, God, if you don't show it to him, I'm going to do it. I went up to this brother, and I said, man, how you doing? He said, hey, hey, uh, little Rev McGee. That's what he used to call me, little Rev McGee. Don't call me that. You can call me Greg. Don't call me Reb. <laughs> hey, little Reb McGee, how you doing? I said, oh, man, I'm good. Everything's everything. How Pop doing? Pop good. How Mom doing? Mom good. How's the church? Church is good. Everything is everything. And I told him, well, sir, I just come to say hello to you. 
And I turned around just like this, and I was walking with tears in my eyes. And the man of God, it had to be God, because I gave him no indications at all. As I was turning, he hollered up my name, and he says, Greg, God said, don't you do it. <laughs> God said, don't you do it. I broke down in tears on the spot. He called me back, and he started talking to me. He started talking to me, and God started doing something in me, in my environment from that day forward that I didn't understand until I was asked that question by Lav. Because from that day forward, what God began to do, he began to change my environment and change my friends and change the folks. Because understand, ooh, ooh, I'm getting ready to show you in the text in just a moment. See, 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 God uses people to promote you, to elevate you, to mature you, to perfect you, to sharpen you. Come on, somebody. But what the devil does, he uses a group of people to bring you down, to depress you, to, to blind you, to keep you captive. That's what the devil does. And watch this. The Bible says what God has joined together, let no man put bring asunder. So, so watch this. The context of that particular text is marriage, but the principle is, is this. Anybody God connect you to, watch this, don't let nothing or nobody or tear you apart. The problem was I was connected to people that God never connected me to. And I was trying to be loyal. Y'all ain't saying nothing in this place. I was trying to be loyal based on things they done for me and things I done for them. But God said, I never put it together, so it's time for you to come apart. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it might be time for you to come apart. My life was going down, and the reason it was going down is because I had made some alliances with some people that was bringing me down. And my loyal, my faithfulness that my daddy and my mama put in me towards people, I, the devil was perverting that, and he was keeping me connected, but God was breaking some ties. Come on, somebody. God began to break some ties, and, and, and you, oh, my God. It's, this is too amazing. So I did an update on my Mac uh, uh, just yesterday. Did an update on my Mac. And um, while I was updating it, it says, it gave me an error message. And it says, the programs that you're currently using will no longer work with this new update. If you want them to work, you need to update the programs in order to work with this new level. Y'all ain't saying nothing in this place. So in other words, as God was taking me up, I had to stop crying about people that wanted to stay down. Because if you want us to work, baby, you got to come where I am because I'm not coming back down where you are. Can you say amen? New year, new you. Lasting change happens within context of relationships. So what God did is he broke some ties with some old jokers that I made some alliance with. And I didn't understand that these new connections, I was with people that actually wanted to pray. Y'all ain't saying that. I was with folk over here that I had to beg to pray. I had to beg them to come to church. But now I got a new group of friends that like their church, that like praying, that like worshiping. They don't mind me playing gospel music in my car. Y'all ain't saying 
So I hooked up with these new brothers and with these new friends. And from that moment to this very day, for the rest of my life, it's going to be like this. God keeps connecting me with people, watch this, that have even higher standards than I have. So here's my answer to you, my son. The reason I never cheated on my wife is because I've always kicked it with people that valued relationships and faithfulness. And even if they thought I was being flaky, they would check me and say, Greg, what's up with this, dog? Who is that calling you? Why you got to go over in the corner just to talk every time this number? The devil is a liar. I made new connections, and it made me, it made me better. So why should we come together? I'm going to tell you. Why does God connect us? Hey, Jesus. For spiritual fulfillment. Spiritual, spiritual fulfillment. The Bible declares that every joint that it supplies, every joint that it supplies, when, when we connect to one another, there's a reciprocity that takes place. Even as a pastor and members, there's a reciprocity that takes place. There's a spiritual fulfillment that you get that by listening to what I say, but there's also a spiritual fulfillment in me doing what I'm called to do every single Sunday. For my brothers and sisters, there's a, there's a, there's a spiritual fulfillment of revelation that God gives you to give to me, and then there's a spiritual fulfillment when he gives me revelation to give to you. Number two, we strengthen one another. Strengthen one another. The Bible declares that iron sharpens iron. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, we better together. We're better together. For y'all who don't know, I grew up in Nagaport. Anybody that grew up in Nagaport in here? Nagaport, turn, keep, make some noise. Gaston Point, make some noise. The Quarters, make some noise. Surrey City, make some noise. Social, make some noise. Orange Grove, make some noise. Here's the thing about growing up in the hood, man. You just never fought by yourself. And I on purpose, Devin, on purpose. Matter of fact, look at us, man. We look like we cousins. <laughs> and growing up in the hood, I made a whole bunch of cousins. You know why? Because family always got your back. Y'all ain't saying that there. Because if he get in a fight, we got in a fight. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, we better together. Why should we come together? Because of spiritual fulfillment, because of we're stronger together. Number two, because of corporate blessing. The Bible declares when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all watched this in one place, in one place on one accord. And because they were in one place on one accord together, the Spirit of God rested upon all of them. Number one, spiritual fulfillment. Number two, spiritual strength. Number three, corporate blessings. Why should we come together? Number four, because of supernatural healing. I want to hang my hat right here for a second. Jesus. The Bible declares in 1 John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to what, y'all? So when you talk to God about stuff that you've done wrong, God says, I will forgive as far as the east is from the west. That's how far I will separate you from your sins. But James 5, 16 says, therefore, confess your sins, not to God, but to who, y'all? To one another and pray for one another that you may be what, y'all? You get forgiven when you talk to God. You get healed when you talk to your brother. 
Everybody, everybody do this. Everybody do this. Everybody do this. Do this. Do this. Hands up. Hands up. Hands up. Now hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold, 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 hold. On the count of three, bring it down. One, two, three. Real slow. Thank you for removing your mask. Now real healing can take place because healing can't take place behind the mask. And the devil never wants you to be close enough to another brother or another sister for them to see the real. Because as long as you mascara your spiritual life, the devil hides in your secrets. But when you confess your sins one to another, the Bible declares you may be what, y'all? Heal. Now, let me press pause for a second. What I'm sharing with you was life-changing. It was, it was life-altering for me. Life went to a whole other level. And I thought that the devil would stop attacking, but he didn't stop attacking. Because watch this. It's, it's actually, actually. What's your name, sir? Hey, Jay. Stand up, Jay. Don't Jay look cool, y'all? This is my cousin. <laughs> so it's actually easy for us to come together, but sometimes difficult for us to stay together. Devil don't mind us connecting. Devil minds you staying connected. Come here, Jay. Why you sit down, man? Come, come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here, Jay. This is my dude. My dude. Chad, you've been replaced. <laughs> Jay, my man now. So, so, so watch, watch this, watch this. Woo, Jesus. There you go. Okay. Lab, come here, sir. Just stay right there. So this is what God did. I was connected to no good Wakanda. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Jokers that didn't mean me no good. And so what God did was he broke some ties here. And he placed some new people in my life. And when he placed new people in my life, my life got better. But this is what I noticed the devil started doing now. Now he starts bringing about division between here because he knows that there's a loose attachment here. I'm more likely to go back. Yeah. Yeah. So it's easy to come together. But God says you got to stay together. Watch this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. So I'm getting ready to show you a highlight of scripture that I've quoted, I've, I've read, I've taught for years. But for the first time, I saw something in a text that I've never seen before. Because I made a commitment to stay with the folk that God told me to stay with. That's why in this church we birth small groups because I believe th this, is, this is good. You need preaching. Preaching, it builds your faith. It, it elevates your faith. Corporate worship is a blessing. All of those, are, all those things are good. But, but we, we're not a church with small groups. We're a church of small groups. That's who we are. It's, it's in our DNA. 
because I want you guys to come together in smaller circles where you can talk and you can have conversation. Yes, there, it's going to be biblically based and all that other kind of wonderful stuff. But at the end of the day, if you just taught the word of God, but if you're never given the opportunity to express what's going on on the inside of you, you'll be educatedly hurt. Smarter, but still suffering. So here's what I learned about Jesus. Staying together, and I'm almost done. Matthew 18, 15, when you have some beef, something going on between you and your relationships, the Bible declares, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen to one, uh, excuse me, but if they will not listen, take one or two others alone so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. 17 says, if they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. If they refuse to if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. So when I looked at this particular text, I saw steps. That's what I saw. I saw steps. I got a problem. Go to them. They won't listen to me. Next step, take two or three. They won't listen to the two or three. Bring in a body of elders. I saw steps. But for the first time, I saw something else. And I think it's really the meat of what this particular text is all about. When I read it this time, this is what I saw. Jay, come stand next to me, sir. I'm feeling good. Just stay right there. Watch this. Watch this. If a brother or sister sins, go. If they listen to you, good. If your brother or sister sins, go. If they listen to you, good. If they will not listen, if they still refuse to listen, if they refuse to listen, I saw for the first time that he wasn't really talking about steps, but he's talking about a relentless attitude to stay connected to the people who I put you with. And there are many of you guys in here that you have become spiritual quitters and you wasn't a quitter in the world. So how is it you're going to get saved, give your life to Christ, and now you're going to quit on God and quit on the people of God? Now, some of you sisters know you was in the club, and everybody was talking about you, but you stayed at the club. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And the more they talked, you went to the center of the dance floor and dropped it like it was hot right in front of their eyes. Now, with all that mess that was going on in the club, all the gossip that was going on in the club, and you stayed in the club, how is it you're going to switch teams? You're no longer serving the devil. You're now serving God, and you come to the house of God, and somebody say something about you, and you leave God. Y'all ain't saying that. You leave God, but you wouldn't leave the club. Huh? Went and brought a, a fresh outfit for next week. I'm telling you, Jay, the devil don't want this because the devil knows this is where my victory lies. Because if I, oh God, uh, the Bible declares, how can two walk together except they agree? So we have to agree. The Bible declares that two is better than one. Why is two better than one? Because it's impossible for me to fall without you feeling this tug. 
So what the devil even want, either wants, he either wants you isolated where you fall and nobody feels your fall, or he wants you with the wrong people where people don't mind you falling. Matter of fact, they will push you down and help you fall. So the scripture is not just about steps. Do this and then do that. And then some of y'all glad to get to the final step because, yeah, I'm, I'm done with them. Thank you, sir. Quitters, quitters. Here, 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 here. So this, this is what I did yesterday. Because this was a really challenging message for me. I hadn't had a challenge like this in quite a, a while. Yeah. What you say, Jeff? I know you said something. I already know he said something. So I, I, was, I was at uh, my son's game yesterday, and then after the game, I just kind of walked. And I was having just such a struggle with the message. And, and y'all, y'all, mm, y'all pray for me, because I don't like this type of preaching. I don't like it. I like for my stuff to be planned out for weeks. Pop, what you're hearing today hit me at 6 o'clock this morning. I don't like it. I was nervous. Watch this. I started thinking about them hundred brothers that Jeff was going to bring. <laughs> They're going to be disappointed because I ain't got nothing. My wife kept asking me all day, honey, you got your message, baby. I just say, pray. I said, pray for me. I ain't want to be honest and say, I ain't got nothing. Just pray for me. So, man, I was walking and I, you know, I stopped tripping. So I just asked God, I said, Jesus, I said, Jesus, if you was preaching, what would you say to the people? And this is, what I, this is the impression that I felt in my spirit. I tell them, don't quit on me by quitting on who I sent into your life. Because the people that I sent in your life, they didn't show up on their own accord. I sent them there. And when you choose to walk away from my people, you've actually chosen to walk away from me. Because the same God that you say you love abides in the person that you think you can't stand. So God says as a church family, as a people, we have to develop this relentless attitude to stay connected. And, and I, I, I just want to give you a couple of nuggets and then I'm out of your way. I'm out of your way. After this is catfish. Yeah. This, this is what I want to challenge you to do. If you're taking notes, jot this down. Somebody shall confess. Yes. Somebody shall confront. confront. Somebody shall conversate. Confront. Somebody shall forgive. Yes. These are four things I want to challenge you to do. You and your spouse, you and your children, you and your brothers and your sisters. I want to challenge you to do this. Yeah. What, one of the brothers, one of the reasons, come here, Chad. One of the reasons I love him is because we've had to do all four together. <laughs> I'm serious. We've done all four together. And I love it when you have to forgive. I hate it when I have to, but I still, I mean, confess. I love it when you confess. Like, Pastor, just want to tell you I'm sorry. Yeah, I know you're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we had to do. Watch this. Confess when you know you're wrong. 
when you know you're wrong, confess. Because watch this. I, I believe that God has joined us because we do work together, ministry work, and then we have personal, just a personal relationship that we, we, we just great camaraderie, great fellowship. And, and so when I know I've done wrong, and this is where some of you guys get it wrong, you be like, hey, Chad, what's up, dog? What's up? It's my boy. That didn't cover nothing up. That, that didn't work. And let me just go ahead and go there. Should you? Yeah, I'm going to go there. For the sisters, when you've done wrong, sex is not an apology. <laughs> Felt good, but it wasn't an apology. Watch this. I will take it. <laughs> and when you're done, you still owe me an apology. Can a married brother say amen up in her? <laughs> Thank you, man. So when you've done wrong, confess it. Watch this. Watch this. When somebody else has done wrong, confront them. Don't confront them. Let me tell you, people that you love need healthy confrontation. They need it. it, it, it key word. Thank you. Healthy. Not you getting in your flesh and going off on nobody. The Bible declares the, 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 the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And then sometimes, you guys, sometimes, let me just say it like this. Sometimes people, we feel as though we have a right to act out of character because somebody else acted out of character. The devil is a liar. God may want to use you to bring it to the surface and or to the forefront of their mind, but God is not, the Bible declares, vengeance is mine, says the, says the Lord. My kids be trying to use that. Dad, don't whoop me. Vengeance is mine, says God. <laughs> but he getting ready to use my hands. <laughs> Confess when you have done wrong. Confront when the other person has done wrong. Have a conversation when you're feeling wrong. Have a conversation. I, I can't necessarily see. I, I don't know if you've done anything, but I'm just, watch this. I'm feeling distance between you and I. And I want to have a conversation because, because, watch, watch this, watch this. So, um, and I want to thank you guys. If I hadn't, some of you guys I've thanked personally, but I want to thank all of you guys who uh, blessed my wife and I in any type of way on last week for our 20th year anniversary. 20 years, y'all, we've been married. <laughs> 20 years. Yes. So, I don't know where I was going with that, but I love you though. 20 years. I clap again. <laughs> I lost my thought. I really did. When you perceive that you've been wrong, still don't know where I was going, so we'll just keep moving. <laughs> Just thought about you, girl, and lost my thoughts. <laughs> so we've been married for 20 years. That's where I'm going. So I, I know her pretty well. She knows me pretty well. I, that I, don't, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think there has been a day in 20 years we have not talked. Is that true? When I'm on sabbatical. When I'm on sabbatical. We don't talk. 
because Jesus talking to me. And I don't need you contaminating my thoughts of what you think I need to do. Let Jesus talk to me. <laughs> but watch this. Although we know each other very, very well, if we went the next 365 days and we said nothing to one another, do you think we would be as strong as we are right now? Absolutely not. We need to have conversation. And this is what prevents healthy, great conversation is when you spend the rest of your days tiptoeing about things that you don't want to bring up because they might get upset. Baby, you going to get upset because we're going to eventually talk about this. You might be heated right now and don't want to talk about it right now. Let's go ahead and schedule on June the 3rd. Do we need to wait that long? <laughs> At 10 a.m. My wife and I, and I'm, I'm, I'm over time. I'm over time. My, my wife and I, we used to do what we call family nights, and we still do it with the kids, and, and we do it a, a not as formal. So we used to have every Wednesday night, we would meet at Old Charlie's. Why? Because free desserts. <laughs> and on Wednesday nights, that was our night every week to handle the hardships. And the reason we went public is because we couldn't act a fool in Old Charlie's. It's been real. Some people can't, I know. <laughs> Conversate based on feelings of wrong. Forgive based on internal bitterness. There are times you got stuff in your spirit and, and you may or may not need to talk. You may or may not need to confess. You may or not, may not need to confront. But what you need to do is you need to get this bitterness out of your heart. So if you don't need to have a conversation with them, you might need to have a conversation with God. I'm done. New year, new you. New year, new you. Lasting change happens within the context of relationships. When God gets ready to exalt you to higher heights, deeper depths, he connects you with people that are either already there or with people that are going in that direction. And I'm telling you, as you are taking this journey of life and God is bringing you higher in him, there's going to be times when you're going to have falling outs with people that you come to love. But God says, don't quit on them because if you quit on them, you're quitting on me because I'm the one who put them in your life. So when issues happen, when fallouts happen, if you did wrong, confess it. If they did wrong, confront them. If you're feeling wrong, have a conversation. If you got bitterness in your heart, forgive and release it. Release it to God. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. Don't hold them for the rest of their lives because you will ruin the relationship. Would you guys receive this word on today? I want to give God a hand clap of praise all over this building. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, there are just a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, if this ministry has impacted your life in any way and you'd love to help us to continue to impact the lives of others, go to our website, empowerthecity.org and select Give Now. Thank you again for listening to this podcast. We'll see you next time.